All right, welcome to the I Can't Deal With This podcast. This is episode 21, the Sammy Sosa episode, my childhood hero. We got the normal compadres, we got the brothers in arms, we got Gabe, and we have Adam. Brothers, how we doing? Doing good, man. We're doing all right, Dave. We're doing all right, man. How you feel? Man, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Now, Adam, you have to update our listeners. Since the last time... Since the last time we recorded, you had a last time we recorded, you had a fully healed foot. Now you have a sprained foot. Tell them how that happened. Man, nothing happened really. Buddy threw me an alley oop. I, I dunked it and I came down wrong on my foot. That's how it happened. Yep, yeah, I fully do not believe you. <laughs> um, hey, he was just guarding too hard, he, and he then was, he he was guarding a linebacker. Dude, he was because. No, true story, true story. Listeners, you're listen to this too. We, dude, so there was a rebound, right? And I came up, bro, elbowed me in my neck. <laughs> Before, and then I was like, oh, you know, maybe he's just kind of rough. You know what I mean? And then he was dribbling the ball. You could tell he didn't play basketball because he had the ball way out. So I was like, oh, this is an easy steal. And then he put his foot out, and then I stepped on his foot, and my foot folded. And I have a spring mm. foot, so I have a boot on. About two to four weeks. It's not bad. Um, it's just it's just kind of bulky and in the way. Yeah. It feels like you have 20 more pounds on your foot. Gabe, how did, how has your week been so far? How has classes, you're kind of ramping up. You got about, you're about two, three weeks in, so you kind of have your footing. How does it feel? This, it's actually not as bad as I thought. Like, this engineering curriculum isn't really that bad. You know, we don't have a lot of homework. It just takes a while to finish the homework, but we don't have that much. So it's actually going pretty good, man. Yep, yep, yep. So, Jacob, what about you, man? What about your 49ers? <laughs> <laughs> I knew we were going to get to it eventually, but, I man, I, uh, I'm i sad. I hate how we – I hate how it happened of literally, like, I could feel it slipping away. And, like, just like the Falcons did, like, they could feel their – like, the momentum shifting – I felt the same way of, like, I could feel the momentum shifting away from the 49ers to the Chiefs. And the fact that they won by 11 points mm. while they were down by 11 points with, like, six minutes to go. like About 10. It, they were down by – it was 30. It was 20, 20. Oh, yeah, 2010. But anyway, that, like, that to me is just wild because I was literally, like – Oh, we got this. We got this. We got this. Oh, they scored. Oh, we have to punt. Oh, they scored again. Oh, we have to punt again. And next thing you know, we are losing. We have lost by 11 points. But I'm, I honestly am, though, happy for Patrick Mahomes. I'm happy for Andy Reid. Um, Andy Reid, like, he beat us, yes. But Andy Reid, real talk, is my spirit animal. The fact that he, like, can go and at press conference be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, instead of enjoying drinking some bubbly, I think I'm just going to eat me some double cheeseburgers. That is me in a nutshell. And this is, like, a lot of people said Andy Reid's a great coach. Andy Reid's a great coach. Andy Reid's a great coach. But he never had that one elusive championship. And now that he has it, I'm, I'm happy for him. But how did y'all think? How did y'all think about the Super Bowl? What did y'all think about it? Nah, brother, you don't get to be humble. I'm gonna get on you now. I gave you a couple of days to mourn and grieve. I'm gonna get on you. You suck. Jimmy G sucks. Kyle Shanahan suck. Your defense suck. Your whole 49ers team suck. You shouldn't have been there. Y'all suck. You're up by 10 points in the fourth quarter, and they came back on you. 21 unanswered. Don't points. even start. 21 with me. You points. literally. 21 answered unanswered points. I honestly think that if the Saints would have been in the Super Bowl, we're not there would about not the have been we're not a stop. About the, they would pause, not have stopped pause, pause, Patrick pause, pause, pause. the we're not entire talk, time. We're not talking about the Saints because the Saints were not in the Super Bowl. We're talking about your 49ers who choked. They were 20-10 up. Then, the, then Patrick Mahomes threw an interception. What happened? Well, yeah. <laughs> the 49ers <laughs> happened. Jimmy G happened. Kyle Shanahan happened. Kyle Shanahan. Boy, if you don't get boy, your old stutter and boy, out of no, here. No, 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 no. Now I'm getting on you. Now, no, 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 no. Ball game in y'all hands. Jimmy G, y'all over there crying. Oh, man, Jimmy G. You know what? My quarterback, I want the ball in my quarterback's hand if the game's on the line because I know he's going to win. Your quarterback is sorry. He sucks. He's a backup quarterback that was overpaid. He, he is not be, a backup quarterback. He, he is, is a backup quarterback. He has proven he to be good. at he least looked, a, a middle-tier quarterback. 
middle tier. No, he, he is a middle looked, tier starting quarterback. He looked good in the Josh McDaniels offense when he played with New England. Everybody, every quarterback looked good in the Josh McDaniels uh, offense. And then he comes to 49ers, and he's sorry. He's not good. Wow, I was not expecting that. He's just that handsome. One. He's not good. He's a horrible quarterback. All three of my quarterbacks on the Saints are better than Jimmy G. Do not say that Taysom Hill Taysom is, Hill is be- better than no, Jimmy G. No, he is not better than Jimmy G. Well, can I talk? <laughs> yeah, you can talk now. <laughs> can, can I talk? <laughs> no, I th- I think it was a good game. I'm I'm glad that it was a really good game just because, like, of the week it was. <laughs> it should have been the Saints in there. Sorry, 49ers. Oh, we're going to do it. This is our year. Number five. No, num- number six. I'm sorry. I like, I like how he said that we choke in yet three years. We choke three years? We choke three, three years? years. We choke three years? We're not talking about us. We're talking about the Super Bowl. The NFC represents Actually, the NFC. I would say three years ago, two years ago, y'all had the choke of all chokes. You literally had the game in your hands, and yet one safety misses Stefan Diggs' legs. Misses. Whiffs. I mean, at least Marcus Williams is putting in some effort. It seemed like Richard Sherman let people run past him, getting okay. run over by people. Oh, yeah, that yeah. is not Richard true. Richard Sherman, oh, I'm the greatest. Richard Sherman oh, is oh, slow. That's what happens Everybody when you're trying to with a like Crabtree. Richard Crab Sherman is Richard, slow. Oh, Richard Sherman got burned. Richard Sherman got ran over a couple times. There was a there's a photo of Richard Sherman face down in the dirt. Yeah, because he went for the dude's legs. Oh no, nah, he got ran over. No, he did not. Shout out to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I'm sorry, shout buddy. out to go, Andy go, Reid. <laughs> no, nah, I mean that that's pretty much what I wanted to say. I'm happy for Andy Reid. I think this solidified his place. It, like, there's just no debate that he is a Hall of Fame coach now. Um, oh, for sure. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I mean, it, lots of people are saying he's going to be the face of the league. I think he will be, but, I mean, he's going to have competition. But overall, I'm glad it was a good game just because of, like, the week it was before. So I'm glad that, it, like, that was, like, a positive, you know. Yeah, and I personally think, like, this could be the Chiefs, like, and how they started and Patrick Mahomes being 24 year old, years old, the the youngest Super Bowl MVP ever, the fact that, like, he's so young – this could be a dynasty. Now, I don't think that it will be last as long as the Patriots dynasty has. Like, the Patriots dynasty literally has lasted over two decades. But I'm going that it's still going to be a dynasty for the next five, six, maybe seven years where every year you got to keep your eye on the Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs and the Patriots. I know that the Patriots have officially, like, they're, they're done. They're if they can get back to the Super Bowl, I will honestly say that it's American. I'll, I'll be completely impressed and I'll eat my words. But for now, I think the Patriots dynasty is done, and I don't see them rebuilding and like being in contention for the next five to ten years. Yeah, and uh, I do agree with you about the the length of the, the Chief dynasty. Honestly, because you know, Andrew is sixty one now. If the Chiefs dynasty was, you know, the length of the, the Patriots dynasty. Andrew would be 81, 82, you know, still trying to win Super Bowls, which I don't think is going to happen. But we're just going to – I'm going to hop on the younger coach. Kyle Shanahan, he just – he just – he whiffed, man. He he just – he whiffed. Like, you just – you have to put this on him. I know Jimmy G didn't have the greatest game. He has threw some inaccurate balls, but, dude – he just you outcoached you you simply outcoached yourself. You, of course, the Chiefs were like, "Oh, they're going to run the ball." So you thought, "Oh, they're going to they're going to think we're going to run the ball, so we're going to play action." And then Jimmy Jimmy, Jimmy G throw the ball. Why just but, run the ball? But here's the thing, though. And, and yes, you can get on Kyle Shanahan as much as you want to, but play actions and like like inside zones and stuff that has been our bread and butter literally from week one until now and so i don't blame i don't blame kyle shanahan i think if anything i give more credit to patrick mahomes of like patrick mahomes and we'll talk about the mvp discussion and whether he should have been mvp or not but patrick mahomes what threw two interceptions lost a fumble had a fumble and the fact that he like the fact that he still battled through and it battled through adversity and came back and came back roaring and literally at points like Patrick Mahomes couldn't be stopped. It shows that he is the best quarterback in the league right now. Yeah. And people will say Lamar, but Lamar is a great running quarterback, but he cannot 
they get literally pickpocket yeah. a <laughs> defense and a great defense at that. Yeah. But kind of going to the MVP discussion, Patrick no, Mahomes. Whoa, 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 we're not done yet. I'm still on your no, 49ers. Not, I know I'm talking oh, about the oh, Super Bowl MVP. I'm not talking the about the oh, NFL honors sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, but kind of t- going to the N- NFL Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes was named MVP. He had 286 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, one fumble. Rushing touchdown, And a rushing touchdown. What do you guys think about that? Do you think that it was well-deserved, or do you think that another person like a Breland, like a Damian Williams, like a, a Chris Jones should have got that honor? I think – oh, I'm sorry. You can go. Oh, no. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say he didn't deserve it. Like, I mean, you can't really say he didn't deserve it. Because, I mean, that's still, despite two interceptions, I mean, it's like he's still, he was still the driving force for them in the, in the clutch moments of the game. But um, you, like, you can't ignore what Damian Williams did. You can't ignore even what, yeah, Brashad Breland or Chris Jones did as well. Because they had as much, probably even a bigger impact than uh, Patrick Mahomes did. Because you, you know what Patrick Mahomes is going to do. And, like, the Chiefs, like, they – people were always talk about their defense and stuff, how their defense isn't, like, as good as their offense. But their defense stepped up yesterday yeah. in a big way. Yeah. So, kind of some stats. I did a little bit of research. So, Damian Williams, he had 17 carries, 104 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Breland had six solo tackles, seven tackles as a whole, uh, two tackles for a loss, one interception. And then Chris Jones, even though he only had one tackle, he was a difference maker on that defensive line. He had three uh padded down passes he was a beast in that interior so adam who do you think should have been the envy the super bowl I'm MVP? Go damian williamson just no, damian williamson. williamson i was looking at something about zion williamson sorry um i don't i think william i think i think he overall kept, caught the ball ran the ball played really well um i know they were going to give it to a quarterback because that's just the nfl the, the, the quarterbacks are going to get the most credit um Honestly, that's why I think that that's another reason why I think Kyle Shanahan had Jimmy G throwing the ball because they wanted Jimmy G to be the MVP, yeah. which would have looked good. Um, but that just wasn't the formula, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I don't know if you guys remember this. I looked up a game way back in the day. It was um, week six, the Colts versus the Chiefs 2019. And the Colts, they beat the Chiefs. And they did it because they ran the ball. Yeah. They had 180 yards running the ball, and they kept Patrick Mahomes on the on the sidelines. And I just really wish, I, I just hate when something's so easy to grab and it's just like it just slips away. I don't know, dude, because like at points in the game, as a 49ers fan, like at points in the game, I felt like we could have our way with the Chiefs' yeah. defense running the ball. But at other times, like. We literally couldn't go anywhere running the ball. And so it was a very hit or miss. I personally don't blame Kyle Shanahan. I give more props to the Chiefs, if anything. But I could see kind of how people would blame Kyle Shanahan, especially when he's the offensive mind behind that 28-3 blown lead. Yeah, I I do feel – they did stop the run. But earlier in the game, over the whole game – the 49ers are averaging a six, over six yards of rush. Like, you just have to run the ball, Jake. I understand, like, you know, you don't want to blame your coach. You want to give the Chiefs prop. But but I think the UNC Charlotte 49ers defense is better than the Kansas City Chiefs defense. And I think they could have ran I all of them. I wouldn't say all that. So, as, I mean, that's all I have to say. I mean, um, so before- Damian Williams, I'm sorry, it's my MVP of the Super Bowl. So, do you have any other thing before we go to the NFL awards? And since you want to be just thrashing my 49ers? All I'm saying is every time the Saints should be in Super Bowl, that, that NFC team in there, they lose. That's all I have to say about that. That's Like I was saying, I think that – I don't know. I w- I, when you guys were up, I was like, you know what? I actually want the 49ers to get this. And here's the way. Congrats, Patrick Mahomes. Um, yeah. We can go to NFL honors now. All right. So, the NFL honors happened the day before the Super Bowl, and we had some kind of – we had – it was very blatant for 
the MVP. Everybody knew, everybody and their mothers knew exactly who was going to be MVP. Lamar Jackson got the unanimous vote um, the first time since, I think it was 2010 with Tom Brady. Um, he had, his stats are off this, like literally out of this world. While his passing stats aren't great, he had 3,127 yards passing, 36 touchdowns passing. That's wild. Um, he had, which is the first in the NFL, he had an 81.8 QBR, which is first in the NFL. He had 1,206 yards rushing, which is six in the league overall, and had seven touchdowns. Any surprise there? I mean, anything? No, no, no. no. no definitely. I think yeah, Lamar Jackson – he was the most exciting player this year. Um, and he just fell in a really good situation. Great offensive coordinator, great defense, great coach, great offensive line. And I'm really happy for him. Um, and, you know, people were talking about Lamar, the face of the, the face of the NFL. No more. People were talking about Patrick Mahomes. Lamar is going to be their competition. Oh, I, yeah. And I can't wait to see them. For the next 10 years at least. Do you think the rivalry could be Peyton Manning, Tom Brady-esque? No, I think the – I don't think that's – I don't think the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady-esque rivalry is going to be between them. I think the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady-esque rivalry is going to be between Patrick and Deshaun because they came in the league at the same time. Oh, okay. And I think that – I think that especially with the way this – especially the way this uh, last divisional game ended, I definitely see Deshaun being back um, and – I see that being the rivalry, not Lamar and Patrick. So then we kind of move on to the offensive player of the year. Michael Thomas got it. Um, he had 149 receptions, which beats the 143 receptions set by Marvin Harrison in 2002. He had 1,725 yards, which is only about 150 yards short of the Calvin Johnson 2012 record. And he also had nine touchdowns, which is honestly surprising because you would think that he would have – if he has that many receptions, that many yards, he would have more of like yeah. 15 or 20 touchdowns, but he didn't. Now, this one, I fully see why they gave it to Michael Thomas. But a lot of people, since we are in Carolina, a lot of people get, came up with this C-Mac argument, which C-Mac, he had 1,387 uh, yards with, I think, like seven touchdowns. He had 116 receptions with 1,000 yards receiving. So, is this... Well, I want to hear, because you're a Saints fan, Adam, and you're a, a Panthers fan, Gabe. Gabe, I start with you. Do you think that C-Mac should have got it, or do you think Michael Thomas was the clear and, and deserved it? Uh, I'm not going to take anything away from Michael Thomas. I do think C-Mac should have got it, despite their record. I'm a just, I just say that just because, like, Michael Thomas had good quarterbacks throwing to him despite him being the only receiver there. I mean, Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Teddy went in there and did his thing. And um, I'm not saying they made it easy for him, but, like, it's, you know, that was just who's throwing it to him. Uh, C-Mac was pretty much the Panthers' offense. Yes, DJ Moore had a good year. Uh, Curtis Samuel was productive. I just think C-Mac, without C-Mac, like, the Panthers, like, their offense just doesn't flow at all. So, but, yeah, I would just go C-Mac with the okay. – yeah. It, um, what what did you think about that, Adam? I mean, same thing. I just think that um, not same thing. I just, did that come as a shock to you that Michael Thomas won the award? No, or I thought he was going to win it. I I thought that really he should have been in the MVP conversation, and at one point he was. But of course, we know ain't no non quarterback going to win the MVP. When was the last? Do you know off the top a- of your head? Adrian Peterson, two thousand twelve, and that was just because he, he had two thousand yard season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> After after ACL, and and so I knew he wasn't going to be in the MVP conversation. So I thought you know offensive offensive player of the year is going to get it. And I think he deserves it. I mean, a hundred almost one hundred fifty receptions. That's crazy. Um, Seventeen hundred yards is crazy between two different quarterbacks. So you can't really say you know one quarterback and uh, and Taysom Hill throws throws some passes too. So three different quarterbacks. Uh, he was the most consistent wide receiver this year and yeah I would go I personally would go with Michael Thomas was a better candidate just because we're in a league in which you can double team and triple team like crazy and if this was like somebody in which just showed up out of nowhere and got this many receptions personally I would be less shocked than Michael Thomas just because Michael Thomas like 
the fact that he still got led the league, broke the record of most receptions in elite like in a season, and yet you still have some of the best safeties, some of the best corners, and sometimes the best safety and corner on him. Um, the fact that that happened is just wild to me. Um, I think Michael Thomas no matter how much I give Adam a hard time for being a Saints fan, I think that he deserved it. But we kind of go to the defensive player of the year. 2010. 2010. 2010. What did you – There was a score that y'all let up. That was not funny. I am in mourning. I am in grief. Shut up. All right, so we kind of go to the defensive player of the year, which was Stephon Gilmore. He the reason why is just the sheer interceptions. Yeah. Um, he had six interceptions, which would led the league, I think, by like two or three among like. I think he. T- I think he tied up with like two other people. I think it was a three-way tie. I'm pretty sure it was a three-way tie, but we can look it up or whatever like that. I think he won simply not because of interceptions. I think he won simply because he. He could simply he could simply just take a wide receiver completely out of the game. He did that with Amari Cooper. He did that with um he just just a really, really good receiver, you know? Yep, yep, for I sure. Mean, receiver. He's a really, really good corner. I think he was the best player. If you're the best player on the number one defense in the NFL, then you know, you should be the guy, you know? Yeah, I go with Stephon Gilmore also. Um, you know, hit like his impact on the whole game just goes beyond stats. Um, and you can look at the picks, but just like the amount of receivers he shut down, the lack of touchdowns he allowed, that just goes to show how impactful he is. And he's a cornerback who changes the game for you. So it's just I mean, he is well-deserved. Yeah, and especially if you can have, like, a Darrell Revis-esque of, like, take somebody out the game, like, put him on an island island. and still, like, be able to compete with some of the best in the world of a Julio, of a Michael Thomas, of a DeAndre Hopkins. That's just wild to me, Um, and I think it's well-deserved. I think that the way in which he played changed the landscape for the Patriots' defense, at least, because, like – Going into the season, or going into last season and a couple for the past couple years, people have always said the Patriots are a good offense, but they don't have a good defense. They don't have a good defense. And even going into this year, we felt like they didn't have a great defense. But they shut us up really quickly. Um, and so I think that that's impressive. I think that it's well-deserved. But going to the offensive rookie of the year, and I know this one is the probably the most debated one out of all of them, where Kyler Murray – Got the award. Uh, he had se- 3,722 uh, passing yards, 20 touchdowns, and had 544 rushing touchdowns. Now, do you think, both of you, I, I w- kind of want your opinions on it, do you think that that was well-deserved, or do you think somebody like a Josh Jacobs or an A.J. Brown should have got the award? I mean, I'm not going to take it away from Kyler. Kyler did. Kyler impressed me. I didn't think he was going to have that good of a year as he did. But at the same time, like Adam said earlier, this is just showing that it's a quarterback's league. Yeah, I think Josh Jacobs, I mean, he's a rookie who came in and was one of the top rushers in the NFL. I mean, like, come on now. It, it, it's kind of obvious, like, the impact he had on the Raiders. I think without him, the Raiders would not have done what they did. So, Yeah, I mean, any rookie that can come in and get over 1,150 yards, like, that's just wild. He was, like, eighth or ninth in the league or something to that extent. Um, And the fact that he's a rookie doing that, that's impressive. A.J. Brown, to me, was the most impressive out of, like, he came out of nowhere. Like, halfway through the season, nobody really knew who he was. But the latter half of the resurgence of Ryan Tannehill, shout-outs to Ryan Tannehill, comeback player of the year. But – the the fact that he kind of resurged and came out of nowhere, um, that was impressive to me. I personally thought A.J. Brown should have got it just because, to me, he was the most dominant of the For rookies. Sure, yeah. um, but that's me. Adam, what do you think? Do you think Kyler should have got it? I think or do you Daniel think somebody- Jones should have. <laughs> I'm playing. No, I think um, – I don't know. I think – I don't know why we're – I feel like a lot of the – NFL world is against Kyler. I don't know why, 
But it's just something about Kyler that I just don't, you know. But I think Josh Daniels should have won it because he kind of helped the Raiders. The Raiders are a couple games away from the playoffs, you know what I mean? If they didn't have, you know, the Chiefs and and the Broncos and the Chargers defenses, like, getting on them, I think they could have – I think they would have done it. And I don't know. I think Josh Daniels – Josh Daniels. Josh – um. Josh Jacobs should have won it. Yes, definitely. Also, kind of going back to why people dislike, I think a lot of people still see Kyler as kind of like a Baker Mayfield light of like Baker Mayfield's understudy. And I feel like he can't escape that shadow of, even though he has his own Heisman Trophy, like. And his Heisman season was better than Baker's. Oh, yeah. But there really wasn't many people that were like front runners for that. Like when you look at. When you look at Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield made it to the playoffs. Baker Mayfield, like, seemed to be more dominant than Kyler, even though Kyler had better stats than Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and I think I think Baker had more to work with as well. Like, Kyler's, Kyler's defense at Oklahoma was horrible. And then he came to Arizona where, like, they have no offensive line. The only real receiver they have is Christian Kirk. And you want to talk about Larry Fitzgerald, but Larry Fitzgerald is 36, 37. Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald's not going to throw up a 100-yard game. He's just not going to do that. They don't have any – they don't have a defense on that side. They don't have any defense over there either. So, I just think he did a lot for for little, a lot little. Um, so, I do think him and uh, King and Drake and if David Johnson can get a little resurge, they can get a nasty little – uh, rushing game. I I personally think personally David I think Johnson's David Johnson's done. done. <laughs> I think he's he's done. I'm tired You're of drafting that, him in my uh, fantasy league. Yeah. I'm tired of him just keep ruining my draft years. But I I think personally Kenyon Drake. I said it when he was on the Dolphins. I thought Kenyon Drake was a world class talent. Um, but kind of going to the defensive player, defensive rookie of the year. You had Nick Bosa off the 49ers. You know, just whoop whoop. You mean the team uh, that lost the Super Bowl? <coughs> the team that made it to the Super Bowl. Um, <coughs> but he had during the season he had nine sacks, 32 solo tackles, one forced fumble, one interception. I think that the main reason he got it was he had games in which he would be literally, literally not do anything. But he had games also where like against the Panthers in which he would have multiple sacks, an interception, and literally like takeover games. Yeah. I think that's why he got it. Also, to me, like. There really wasn't anybody who had the limelight like him. Um, I think Ed Oliver from the Buffalo Bills. Ed Oliver from Buffalo Bills, he definitely, especially because Kyle Williams left. Ed Oliver, it's crazy how a rookie just came in and became a leader of a defense. Yeah. And it was just like, Ed Oliver, he could have won it. But Nick Bosa, Nick Bosa was just in a great position, man. Like, there's never, there's never, they're never going to be able to double team Nick Bosa because. If you double-team Nick Bosa, you got DeForest Buckner one-on-one. Or, um, But also, he's a defensive end, so if you double-team him, you're taking away a tight end or a running back from being a passing threat. Exactly. It's just, it's just not going to work. He's going to be really, really good for, the, for a long, long time. Also, the fact in – like when I say that, the fact that Aaron Donald is so dominant with two people on him because, like, you can double-team them – because more than likely they're running like a 4-3 or a 3-4 or something like that, in which you have a guard and a center in which is double-teaming Aaron Donald, and yet he still gets through. through yeah. But I think that it's impressive. I think that I love Nick Bosa. I think that he's great. I think that he's going to be have a huge future in the NFL. But kind of going back, uh, kind of transitioning away from football for a little bit, what do you guys think the trade deadline's coming up um, and the trade deadline's happening on Thursday – isn't it 9? I think 6 p.m. 6 p.m.? So uh, 6 p.m. Eastern time. So. You guys are basketball connoisseurs. Is there any trades or trade rumors in which has caught your eye? Um, I've been hearing D'Angelo Russell to the Timberwolves. And honestly, I think that's huge because the Timberwolves have lost 12 games in a row. They haven't won since, like, November of 2019. Yikes. And I think it's getting to the point where – Carl Anthony Towns is going to get frustrated and ask for a trade. Who do you think they would give up, though? I think they would give up, and I think Andrew Wiggins would be in, definitely so be in there. So, you think Timberwolves are done with Andrew Wiggins? They've kind of 
exhausted that investment. Didn't he sign an extension? He signed an extension. I don't. I just don't see. I don't see Andrew Wiggins to the Warriors just because Andrew Wiggins is basically D'Lo. D'Lo is an ISO player. I I never I never understood why the Warriors got him because the Warriors are not ISO players. They're past the ball. Somebody's gonna be open for a three, and I don't understand why they got a player that takes the ball up, dribble, dribble, dribbles, drive, floater, or steps back two to three. I just don't understand that. I do think that the Timberwolves, him and Cat, they're two really, really young stars, and they could become superstars. And I think they could win in Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, I Minnesota, like, they have a history of not really taking care of their superstars. Yeah. You saw with Kevin Garnett. And, like, it's sad when, like, Andrew Wiggins is, like, what, your second all-time leading scorer yeah. of all time? That just I, I shows that. number one. No, he's number one. Number one? one? Yeah. That, that just shows, like, what Hasn't type of. Hasn't he only been in the league for, like, four years? Five he's years? been 2014, 2019. So, yeah, six years. But that just goes to show how many superstars they've been able to keep. Yeah. So, like, they need to do something quick or Carl Anthony Towns is out of there. Kevin Love. Kevin Love. I mean, those trade, those trade rumors are kind of. I meant Kevin Love, Timberwolves. Oh, I've but, always said it. Yes, I've always said Kevin Love back to the Timberwolves. I think that the Cleveland Cavaliers need to just stop. So, do you think that everybody. he is gonna be shopped anywhere? They we've been talking about it for a long time, but it's never really turned into fruition. Do you think that we're? I don't. I don't know. I think that the Cavaliers kind of want a star player. I think they need to just kind of. Get rid of Kevin Love and let Colin Colin Sexton be what Kyrie was for them at one point. They're yeah. they're a star, and I think Colin Sexton defensively wise is gonna can be that. Um, Kevin Love, I don't know where I would put Kevin Love at though. I just don't see a situation where he would. I think he can fit in any situation, but I just don't see you know. Personally, over. I would think that he like. I see a team. A Kevin Love to me would be somebody in which a team needs to win like soon, and so to me, I would go with like a Seventy Sixers or something like that, in which the the Seventy Sixers are reeling and the Seventy Sixers like they feel like their window of opportunity is closing. So I would say Kevin Love to the Sixers. I don't know who they I, would give up, but I I think if they if the Seventy Sixers were to get Kevin Love, I think they would put Tobias Harris in there, just because like they paid him a ton. Which I don't know why. Yeah, because he's not—he's not like a star. He's borderline all-star. So like, I don't know why they paid him a max contract. So I could see them throwing him in there for him. Um, I think that Kevin Love to the Sixers. Um, I just don't think Kevin Love doesn't talk a lot, and they need. A, I think the Sixers, especially with really young Ben Simmons and really young Joel Embiid, who think they run the locker room. They need a veteran that's going to be like, hey, y'all need to chill. That's why I really wish they would have kept Jimmy Butler because I feel like if they would have kept Jimmy Butler to have someone to keep them straight, I think they would have won, with, if not if not next year, but the year after because they are such a talented duo, those two. But So uh, is there is there any other kind of trade trade rumors, trade talks that has caught your eye? I know that you were talking about kind of Julius Randle and how the Hornets are engaged in talks with Julius Randle. Well, I know we were talking about this later, but we might as well talk about it now. The Knicks, the Knicks are just trying to make a move. They're trying, they're trying to make a splash. They fired Steve Mills today. Um, I know we were talking about that, uh, Steve Mills today, which I don't understand why it took so long. Steve yeah, Mills that should have happened Steve a while Mills, ago. Steve Mills got hired. With Carmelo and all of them. Is and Phil Jackson still, like... No, he's not a part of them, no. Okay. But I think that, you know, they're just trying to make a trade. Because I hear they're trying to they're trying to get Kyle Kuzma. They're trying to get rid of Julius Randle. They're probably trying to get rid of Julius Randle because he's taking a big part of their cap. Yeah. And they're just trying to make something happen. Well, I don't and know why they signed him anyway. Because the Knicks signed them because all year it was Katie, Kyrie, Zion. And all they went on three for all three of those, and now they've just in the free agency. They wanted to pick somebody up instead of just keeping their money, waiting till something else happens, and then they just went to go pick whatever whatever they could pick up. And now they have now they're stuck with Julius Randle, you know. Also, I just quick sidebar. I just want you guys to know, you know how I'm a big. 
Cubs fan. The Cubs have disappointed me so much this offseason. We have not made one single move. We lost so many people. And Chris Bryant doesn't want to play for us because we don't want to give him his money. And so trade Chris Bryant. Give us some new stars. Do something in the offseason. And it pisses me off how we, every year we have the talent, the talent, the talent. I said when we won this when we won the World Series, that we were going to be a dynasty and we were going to be a team that could make it to the World Series every year for the next four to five years until all our stars are running up. Well, all the stars are running up, and now we're we're literally almost left with nothing. So I'm sorry. I just wanted to get back to that. But kind of going back to the NBA trade ru- rumors, I know that we kind of we have to talk about this as a huge sports podcast, but uh, Andre Iguodala – his, he wants to be out of Memphis. Um, he wants to be out of Memphis. And now kind of Steph and, and John Morant, they, they kind of – they're beefing back and forth. What do you guys make of that? Uh, I I mean, I like it. I like uh, – You like the beef or you like him being out of Memphis? No, I, I like the beef. Um, I I Andre Iguodala, he – he kind of like got did wrong, but at the same time, like he you can't change just, like, anything. I don't feel like he yeah, like, but I I do like the beef because like you know every every young player needs to be humbled at some point, and I think Jaw's gonna eventually be humbled by Steph sooner or later, and I can't wait for that. Dude, that'd so, be that'd be wild. But yeah, I I I like it though. It's, it's, it's fun competition. I, I do like it as well. I think Josh trying to make a big name of himself. I think people. I think he really wants people to know who he is, and people are know who. Uh, people are going to know who he is. He's going to be just a great guy. I think he's going to win a championship in Memphis. I, I see it, and I think I love the beef. I love the beef. Um, biggest, biggest, biggest uh, move right now. Um, Andre Drummond. He's been in trade talks with almost everybody. Literally every team. Like, um, the first at first it was the Clippers, not Clippers, the Hawks, and and the Hawks. I don't know what happened there. I don't think it would really work anyways because that's two big rebounders, John Collins and Andre Drummond in the paint. This is just mess a bunch of stuff up. It you can't have too many big men in the paint. John, John Collins is the one who got arrested for weed, right, or like suspended for yeah, weed yeah. or something like that. Um, stay the last thing, stay the off the weed. weed. <laughs> the last thing I heard today, actually, was the Clippers. Which, if the Clippers get Andre Drummond, the Clippers just won who the would 2020. They, but who would they give up? Because I feel like the, the Montrezl Harrell. Simply, that's it. Montrezl Harrell and probably like one of those shooters or something like that. Montrezl Harrell. The biggest thing the Clippers need right now is somebody to guard AD. Somebody to guard Giannis, and they don't have that. And Andre Drummond could be that. Yeah. And he's gonna get, and he's gonna get rebounds, offense and defensive rebounds. They're gonna get extra possessions with that. And I just think if they get that, they're the 2020 NBA champions. And that would be smart for the Clippers to do because, you know, if Montrez Harrell, I doubt he's gonna stay. So why not trade him and get something back than just letting him walk in free agency? You know, so that would be that would be a smart thing for them, I think. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a good trade. I think we just created a trade. I don't think I don't <laughs> think he'll. I don't think Montrezl Harrell stay in Detroit though, because Blake Griffin and Montrezl Harrell are almost the same player. <laughs> they literally are almost the same player. Like they dunk, they get rebounds, they get. I don't blocks, know why, but I came across like a little documentary on the Lob City team of like Chris Paul. Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond. Dude, that team was wild. That team was nasty. No, Andre Drummond, DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. The, I think the reason that team number one is because CP and Blake Griffin couldn't get along. Yeah. They they kept arguing back and forth, and that's what, that's what happens when you put too many um, stars. Me and Blake talked about this earlier this past week, if Kevin Durant went to the, went to the Lakers, and I'm like, no. <laughs> Kevin Durant and LeBron James was, would argue day one. I just – I feel like LeBron would say something that would, that would get under Kevin's skin, and Kevin be like, "Well, what's up one on one?" And LeBron James be like, "What's Bro, up one on one? Let's do it." <laughs> and it just been it's been them two bickering and stuff. So definitely, um, trade deadline. I'm really excited for it. I don't I can't wait to see. Can't wait to see what's gonna happen, man. Yeah. 
Well, I thought that since the thing that we'll end on is since it's Black History Month, since it's the, uh, the month of February, I wanted to hear kind of your... Well, black people want a longer month. <laughs> we want a longer month. We want I'm a pretty month sure all the rest of days. them are taken. It's, it's a leap year, so we get an extra day. We want 31 days. Is it really? Yeah. Yes. It's a leap year. <laughs> I did not know that. We were talking about this at my job the other day. Like, if you... We're born on a leap year in 2000. You're like, like seven. Five years old. <laughs> I think you're like six or seven or like five or six or something like that. Yeah. Dude, that's wild. But because it's Mount, because it is Black History Month, and I wanted to know who is your, and because we're a sports podcast, I wanted to know who is your Mount Rushmore for uh, black athletes. Most influ- influential uh, black athletes. Do you want to do kind of go around the table and each of us say one or four back to back to back to back? We're going to do all four of ours together. All right, so, take uh, no, Adam, you can start out. Why do I have to start out? Because. I'll start. Let me see. <laughs> Who told this guy to start? <laughs> Who are you? Jake, buddy, go All right, uh, I'm going to start with who's most fresh in everybody's minds. I'm going to start with Kobe, just because, like. Rest you, in peace. Yeah. R-R-P. I mean, you, you can see, like, just how much of an impact he had, especially uh, after this past week. You know, so many people from so many not not even just sports like from everywhere around the world so i yeah i say kobe you just because of his impact all right um, good one i'm gonna say lebron i mean lebron built a school that's free for kids in akron like cleveland like that's he's crazy a, like a philanthropist yeah like i mean just think about that Great like work. so many kids are going to be able to go to school that probably didn't have the opportunity to go to college yeah. go to college he spent he's been millions of dollars to get Getting scholarships and stuff, stuff for yeah. kids from Akron, and I just think he's really taking care of his community. Yeah. Oh, and should. not to mention, he's arguably the greatest player of all time, and he's doing it all while supporting his kids, which is just a great thing to see. I'm gonna go with Bill Russell because he was one of the first uh, black NBA players, and uh, I think he was the first black coach. So he just set paved the way for just so many of the black players we have today. And then lastly, I'm gonna go with uh, Serena Williams. Uh, she's Got just a female on the list. Yeah, uh, she's just an inspiration to um, a lot of female, obviously a lot of females, especially uh, black female athletes, and she paved the way for a lot of them as well. So that's that's my four. Definitely, I like I like that I like that I like that. Especially Bill. We're quick quick stat. Did you know that Bill Russell was in the league for thirteen years? He went to the finals <laughs> twelve out of the thirteen years. He's eleven and one. Dude, that's wild. <laughs> my man, my man got enough. He got like. Like put your hand up. I don't put my hand up. You put your finger up. That's how many rings he has. <laughs> um, but definitely. Um, my four, uh, I'm gonna go Doug Williams. Um, Doug Williams was the first black quarterback to start in a Super Bowl for the I was about to say, I have no idea who that is. For the Redskins. And he just he just paved the way because especially during that time, the seventies and eighties. There were really no black quarterbacks, and if you were a black quarterback in college, right when you got to the NFL, they put you in a skill position. And Doug Williams is like, "No, nah, that's not. I'm a quarterback." And and I think that was a I think that was a strike year where a lot of people, a lot of starters were not playing because they wanted less money. And Doug Williams kind of came off a practice squad, and he played in a Super Bowl, and he played really well, and he just paved the way for. Cam Newton, Michael Vick, Randall Cunningham, um, black quarterbacks, and, you know, our MVP right now, uh, Super Bowl and and regular season MVP, are both black, so Doug Williams. Um, number two, I got Kareem. Kareem, uh, not only a great basketball player, arguably one of the – arguably the greatest Laker, um, arguably one of the best big men. Uh, he was a big – he was big in the civil rights movement. And that's, I just think that's great that athletes are so busy with practices and families and for him to take a time and really stand up for something he really believed in, a movement, I just I think that's great. And not to mention in your 2K my career, he's always the one giving you life advice. He is always giving you life advice. Um, <laughs> my third, I'm going to go Colin Kaepernick. Uh, kind of along, along with um, Kareem, Colin Kaepernick's career wasn't, you know, Big and surprising, you know he was he was a decent quarterback. He got to the NFL, but Colin Kaepernick, 
He got a. He got he, to the Super Bowl. He got to the Super Bowl. I, he got to the NFL. Is that what you meant? What I say? You said got to the NFL. And I meant I was to like, say his NFL. A lot of people get to the NFL. I, I meant to say his NFL career was, you know, like oh, he wasn't like a Drew Brees or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I got you. But something that like Colin Kaepernick did, and especially for me, is like Colin Kaepernick when he sees like police brutality, he sees himself and like the young black men and women that are getting shot or beat. He sees himself, and that's kind of hard if you're an athlete. Some athletes feel like nothing can touch them, but and for him to be like, like that's wrong, and to stand up and take a knee for, sort for something that cost him his job, he's never gonna play the NFL again, and probably cost him a lot of friends. I just think that's really, I think it's really great. There's a lot of talk about him, but we don't have that much time. So, and then last, I'm gonna go with Muhammad Ali, another civil rights movement guy. Um. Standing up, you know, for what's right. I also love Muhammad Ali because Muhammad Ali, he talked trash when people didn't talk trash. And yeah. he he paid the way for people talking trash. He's arguably one of the greatest boxers ever. And there's a lot of talk about him too, but we can't get all to it today. So, Jake, end it off. So, I'm going with mine. I'm going to start us off. And I – feel like I have like this person has to be put in the conversation with black athletes and it's the person who trailblazed black athletes in American sports and that is Jack Jackie Robinson um and so with Jackie Robinson he broke the color barrier and his a lot of people don't know but his baseball career itself is has a resume of itself he got rookie of the year he was mvp a six-time all-star um and the fact that he just in the face of danger in the face of death threats and possible beatings he stood strong and faced adversity um i think jackie robinson is one of the greatest baseball players and by far one of the best black athletes um and then i'm going with jesse owens going a little bit earlier uh him in the 1936 olympics he's the first american to ever black or white to ever win four gold medals in one Olympics. Um, and so he won a, a gold medal in the 100, the 200, the long jump, and the four-by-one relay. Uh, and the fact that he did that in front of Adolf Hitler and even in the face of adversity there, in the face of, hey, we don't want you to be part of the Olympics. We don't want you to be even in the conversation as white athletes. And yet he still came in and c took names. And he literally went on to be a track god for the next 25 years. I think that's amazing. Um, I'm going with Jim Brown, one of the first black running backs in the NFL. He was a trailblazer. Uh, he played for the Browns, obviously. Um, but a lot of people don't know that he was a trailblazer at so many different things. Uh, he was an All-American in lacrosse at Syracuse. He played, obviously, football at Syracuse, but he also was great at basketball. He was a three-sport athlete. He's an amazing guy, um, and I think that he has done so much for civil rights and kind of black athletes as a whole as kind of mentoring them and getting them on the map. Um, and then the last guy, somebody in which I have done a lot of research about um, for my major, um, but I think that – one guy in which doesn't get talked about enough, um, and that's Satchel Paige. He was a Negro League player in the uh, 1930s and early 40s. Um, but he was a pitcher and one of the most talented picture, pitchers at that. Uh, he revolutionized uh, black baseball, um, and he did stuff that white, white pitchers could never do. Um, and I think that that's, he, to me – as great as Jackie Robinson is, I think that he could have had a better baseball resume um, than Jackie Robinson if he had played a little bit later, if he had come along a little bit later. But by the time he got he got to the uh, MLB, but he was actually the third one to ever get it. But by the time he got there, he was in his upper 40s, lower 50s. Oh. And so he didn't have that kind of resume. He didn't have that kind of career that – most people wanted, but that's my four. Satchel Paige, Jim Brown, Jesse Owens, and the man, the myth, the legend, Jackie Robinson. I think I have the greatest one in Ali. I Nope. I have the greatest one. I have the greatest athletes of all time. I think, no, 
Muhammad Ali is the greatest boxer of all time, dog. Yeah, but Jesse Owens is the best track and field star of all time. Okay, but did Jesse Owens talk drunk? No, he didn't. And it. But Jackie Robinson kept it cool and collected in the face of adversity. It's one thing to talk jump, but it's another one to stand in the face of getting spit on and stuff thrown at you and just taking it. Muhammad Ali was a world champion, and they took his championship away from him because he wouldn't go fight the Viet Cong. The Viet Cong? Yeah. Just saying. As Buddy just sits there. Yeah, yeah you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, Buddy, I mean, Buddy had a female. And this won't yep. be the last thing. We'll definitely have more because, you know, I think Black History Month should be celebrated the whole month. I'm having a biography project that I'm introducing on Friday about Black History Month. Dope, 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 dope. We're also decorating my door for Black History Month. Oh, okay. See, decorate my seat. Going above me on and stuff, dog. As well, a teacher. Yeah, but all American History one in my school is doing it. Oh, okay. Let me tell you, you didn't go out your way to do it. Did you? I played I with you, dog. I, I, did the, with you. I did the biography project. They did the like you door decorating. Get, if they do it, you just give them a hundred. Like, don't read it. Just give them a hundred, just because they took time to do it. The door decorating or no, the biography? No, the biography. Project? No, that's not how I run. I couldn't be Jacob's student because, like, bro, I don't bro. give automatic hundreds if you don't deserve it. I just can't do it. I just can't do it in my my soul. Jacob wouldn't like me as a as a student, bro. I, <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> you stupid I teacher! Told you, f you. <laughs> if I was like, get out of my classroom, I'm like, how you know this is your classroom? This might be my, it might be my classroom. How about you get out of my classroom? I was what? <laughs> I was that student. Well, let's land a plane. Is it still too soon? No, I don't think it's fine. Think okay, well, let's let's land the plane. Do Do you guys have any? I thought about this the other day. Do you guys have any jokes in which we can end us off on? I don't have any jokes, nah. Adam, you're always the joke. I'm not a funny guy, so I don't make jokes. I'm Uh a serious man. I'm just a fun guy. I don't know where he's sitting at. Did y'all see Kawhi Leonard in the strip Strip club club. with the same facial expression that he always has? (laughs) Dude, I I told you guys this yesterday or last week. He's a robot. This man literally is a robot. Like, no matter what happens, he always has the same facial expressions. Definitely. But I think that it's time to land the plane, guys. It's been good. It's been real. Um, I hope that this has been informative. Guys, have a good week. Go Niners. It's okay that we lost. The Niners suck. Uh, Uh, All right, bye. 27-10.